Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. And our top story today, unfunded pension liabilities exceed $8.2 trillion. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Lee Shaw is with the American Legislative Exchange Council. Lee, so great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jeffrey. And we're going to talk about pension unfunded liabilities. But before we get into that, this report that we're talking about it was based on was was done by Alec, the American Legislative Exchange uh, Council. Who, just for our audiences and for my purposes, who is Alec? Yeah, thanks, Jeffrey. Alec is the nation's largest nonpartisan voluntary membership organization of state legislators, and we bring together both state lawmakers and business leaders from across the country to exchange ideas and best practices, all with the hope of creating better public policy uh, so that businesses and individuals can thrive in their states. And we're really guided by three principles, and that's limited government, free markets, and federalism. Yeah. And and I was going to say, you know, uh, as you were talking, 50 states, you know, the states are the laboratories of democracy, right? So, a lot of it's important to share ideas, and I, I'm sure that through your organization, uh, these legislators are trying to find the best ideas to solve pension issues or any type of issue. Eight point two trillion dollars sounds like a lot of money for unfunded liabilities. Um, in fact, your report mentioned almost twenty five thousand dollars per man, woman, child here in the United States. That's three hundred thirty million people, Lee. Uh, let's break down the numbers a little bit. What what is why why are the unfunded liabilities so high, or are they not high? It really is a staggering number, and we've seen it go up since the previous edition of our report. We're now on the sixth edition, where we compile uh, information from over 290 uh, state reports on pension liabilities from across the country. And like you mentioned, we are up to twenty five thousand dollars per person per taxpayer that we are all on the hook for. And I think there's two really important things. Uh, Well, there's a couple of really important takeaways that we want everyone to have from this report. And that's one, we've made pension promises to workers, to state government employees across the country. We need to do everything we can to make sure that we're able to fulfill those promises, to meet those obligations, because people are depending on that retirement, on those pensions. And two, what can we do to make these pension systems healthier so that we're able to fulfill those promises, but also so that we can respect and take care of our state taxpayers who are ultimately the ones on the hook to pay these unfunded public pension liabilities in the future. And that could happen through tax increases. It may not be you and me, but it could be our children and our grandchildren and future generations that are ultimately on the hook. And, and many states are constitutionally required to make pension contributions. But, but Lee, how did, we, how did we get here? Is it over-promising, under-delivering? Is it a function of the market? Because up until the COVID, uh, uh, I was going to say COVID campaign, the COVID, COVID epidemic, you know, the markets were, were doing fairly well. And then boom, crash, you know, not, not as well. And then we, we were all quarantined. So how did we get to this point is it is this not a, a two-year issue, or is this really 30, 40 years in, in, its, in the making? 
it's a long time in the making. And you see states like Illinois that use state statute to avoid paying uh, the required contributions to their pension fund. And if you look in our report, you can see what's ended up happening in Illinois. It's that they're really underwater. They've really dug themselves a deep hole. And when you're digging yourself a deep hole, the thing to do is stop digging. States really have an opportunity right now. So many are very flush with cash uh, that has flowed to the states from the federal government during the pandemic. Now's a great time to start paying down those unfunded liabilities as a first step. Another problem that I think has contributed to this, and I'll use the example of California, we've seen a lot of uh, politically motivated investment strategies where pension managers are taking the funds and investing them for political purposes, for purposes other than maximizing growth and returns. And, you know, I know for me personally, I don't want somebody playing around with my retirement funds in that way. California over the years They've divested their pension plans from things like traditional forms of energy, fossil fuels. Um, and over the years, what's ended up happening is they've lost out on hundreds of millions of dollars in returns. And right now, there's an effort underway in California to divest two of the largest pension plans in the state uh, from fossil fuels. And so that's just one example uh, of how states have kind of been able to dig that hole deeper uh, and it's unfortunate for pensioners and taxpayers. Lee, to follow up on that, are are, are fellow citizens and p- pensioners and retirees, are they aware of the unfunded liability? And do they understand what it means? This is a kind of a three-part three question here. But are they aware? And and will it take more education? I mean, or is it just a lack, a lack of education if they are not aware? Or do we need to continue to do more education? We certainly need to continue to do more education. This is one of those issues that it's not commonly discussed. It's not one that often grabs the big headlines. It's not the front page story. And it's something for state legislators that there's often a temptation to kick the can down the road. It's not a popular issue to deal with when you talk about uh, reforming your pension plans or diverting funds that maybe you were, there's a big spending priorities in your state. People are talking about, you know, other priorities, roads, teachers, essential services. There's so many competing priorities in a state budget. But what we need to do is think long term here. We can't be short sighted because this really is a looming crisis for many states. And so to your point and what we really believe at ALEC is we believe we have a role to play in educating and equipping state lawmakers to understand the magnitude of the problem, but also to begin to address it. Yeah. One last question before we go to go to the commercial break. And, and, you know, a lot of people don't think about and maybe this is where a piece of education comes in, that if you have an unfunded liability, the ratings agencies can actually downgrade you. And that rating is important for things like issuing a bond. So say you would. I live in Charlotte. I'm across from where the Carolina Panthers play. I'm not a Panthers fan. I'm a Ravens fan, but that's not here nor there. And say the Panthers want to build a new football stadium. Well, they can choose to do it uh, privately, which to me makes a lot of sense. But also they could do it publicly. You need bonds to do that. The issuance of bonds, someone's got to buy the bonds. They're going to look at how that bond could potentially be paid, paid back. So this has an impact on other things beyond just unfunded liabilities. 
It's a great point. It can have reverberations and, and effects in a number of different ways. And I'll even take it a step further. As we talk about these unfunded liabilities growing and tax burdens increasing, uh, states that are having to spend more and more of their money to pay these unfunded liabilities. I mean, I talked about Illinois a second ago. They're not meeting their obligations uh, that they're required to pay. But at the same time, they're also paying 25% of their uh, budget towards their pension system. And think about how that can grow over time. I think the natural uh, result of all this is often citizens just leaving a state. If your state is in disarray from a financial perspective and tax burdens are growing, I mean, you, you'll see businesses, you'll see families look for greener pastures. Yeah, and we've, and we've actually seen that some of that as a result of the pandemic, but also people just fleeing to lower tax states, maybe st t states that are in better, better fiscal condition. Lee, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about a path for reform, a potential path for reform. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Hopefully now you're interested in investing in stocks, which we at The Motley Fool believe is the single best way for folks like you and me to gain what could be truly life-changing wealth. That's why today we've got a special offer for new members. Since the service started, our average stock pick has returned over 600%, and that's over four times the return of the S&P 500. Don't regret not taking action right now. Just enter your email to get started. Welcome back. We're talking this morning to Lee Schalk of the American Legislative Exchange Council. Lee, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Absolutely. I'm so glad the pension unfunded liabilities didn't, didn't scare you off. So we, we have you for a second segment. Let's talk about some of the challenges, or the, maybe, the, maybe not challenges, the paths for reforms. And I know you said ALEC is probably the largest le legislative sharing group that exists today. Um, 
what are some examples or ways that some of our citizens in other states have been reforming some of the rules around their public pensions? It's absolutely vital. And to your point, you know, you're exactly right. At ALEC, when we bring together lawmakers from across the 50 states, we're able to learn from each other about what's working and what's not. And that includes in pension reform. So many states right now, uh, they operate their pension systems with defined benefit plans. And that's great for those workers. They sign up for the job. We're talking about state legislators, judges, other government workers. Um, but those defined benefit plans often we've seen have become really expensive for states. Uh, a lot of those states, if you look at our report, they've got some of the highest unfunded liabilities. Now, what we've also seen is states that have transitioned new hires into defined contribution plans, which are those 401k style plans or sort of a hybrid between the two. And if you look at our report uh, going back a couple of years and fast forward to today, we've seen states like Wisconsin and Utah, Oklahoma, Michigan, that have been really successful in pulling off those reforms. So, you know, Lee, the 401a or 401k where you're making employee contributions or a governmental 457, they work in lockstep oftentimes with the supplemental as a supplemental plan to the defined benefit plan. What does this mean in terms of cleaning up or or straightening up the fiscal health of the pension plan? Is it it doesn't happen overnight, I would imagine. I mean, you know, we didn't get here overnight. We're not going to fix the strategy. We're not going to fix this overnight, but it's a start right? It's a start to getting uh, the defined benefit plan in better health. That's right. And like I mentioned earlier, when you're digging yourself a hole, the first thing to do is stop digging. People often ask, well, look, California, I looked at your report. They're at $1.5 trillion in unfunded liabilities. I mean, the whole country as a total in the report is over $8.2 trillion. So think about California, $1.5 uh, it's not impossible, though. There are things that can be done, and you know, you've got to take it one step at a time. So I think paying down those unfunded liabilities and then having those hard conversations and debates, looking at what other states have been able to do successfully is a great place to start. But I do think for the long-term health of these plans, if you can transition, if you can start to have um, those conversations to move to that 401k-style plan, uh, of defined contributions, it will make a huge lasting impact. Lee, you mentioned Oklahoma, Utah, Michigan, um, Wisconsin as examples. And, and has there been an impact, you know, like a lot of, uh, first of all, uh, police, firefighters, emergency personnel, that's a pretty physical job. So they don't necessarily retire at age 65 or, or they may retire a little bit early and then move on to a second career. So that defined benefit plan is kind of like a Rock, have you seen instances where reform has happened, but it's difficult to attract new workers to the state? So it could be administrative workers, it could be teachers, it could be, as I mentioned before, police and firefighters. Have they been impacted um, in terms of hiring? Well, I do think first, you know, just to, to be clear, and I, one thing I mentioned earlier, we do have to continue to keep those promises that we've made to all those workers who have worked, you know, their entire career, they're banking on that pension plan. And we absolutely need to make sure that that's there for them. And that's part of the reason why we need to make sure that, that these pension plans are healthy, that we limit these unfunded liabilities. 
But two, I think when you talk about new hires, you know, there's something about in the private sector, those 401k style plans that actually is pretty attractive. You've got some control over it. It can be portable for you. And so I, you know, I don't think that there's been a huge problem in terms of hiring. I think there's some other issues right now when you talk about um, some of those professions when it comes to hiring. But I think long term, people understand that 401k style uh, is and can be attractive. And, and by the way, now they have bolt on annuity provisions where you can actually take your money out similar to you would to the way you would in a defined benefit plan. So you can actually either in the plan or outside the plan roll over into an annuity and pay yourself get a monthly benefit just like you would in a DB plan or in a in Social Security, which is another example of a uh, of a it's not really a defined benefit plan. It's more of a pay go plan, but that's technical and probably not worth talking about. Let's but talk I about. Think- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think to your point, I think that flexibility is attractive. And uh, I I do think that people appreciate that. Let's say that uh, people are perusing the report and hopefully they're reading it at full length, but say they peruse the report and they live in a state maybe where there is not reform. What does the average citizen do to kind of elevate this? Should they contact their local state representative, um, the pension office? Uh, How do do you get the ball rolling if you're just a citizen, right? You live in in a state that's not having pension reform? Uh, well, I, I agree. I think that's a great place to start. You should always be in contact with your local and state elected officials, but you can also talk to folks like your state treasurers uh, and other leaders in your state capital. But perhaps even more importantly is have a conversation with your neighbors. Start to talk about this uh, and socialize the issue because, again, not many people fully grasp or understand that this is a looming crisis uh, for their states. And it's important that we all sort of uh, come to a better understanding of that. I think it's more common to sort of hear about Washington, D.C. and the national debt, and we've surpassed $30 trillion. And that's, that's very daunting as well. That's a whole separate issue. But at the state level, we've got a lot of work to do as well. Fortunately, there are a number of states that are making progress on this front, and we can learn from them, and we should learn from them. But I think talking to our elected officials uh, and our friends and neighbors and family, that's a good place to start, uh, to be as good of citizens as we can possibly be. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's about educating yourself, but also we need to be educated to understand what this means, not only for ourselves, but our family long term. Lee, we're going to have to leave it there. We did not... You know, we only spend a, a period of time. We, we only have a certain amount of time. So unfortunately, we don't do the topic that, that much justice, but we certainly pre- appreciate having you on the program and we look forward to having you back again very soon. Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, if you'd like to read the full report, head over to alec.org. You'll see it there on the homepage, Unaccountable and Unaffordable, the sixth edition, looking at unfunded public pension liabilities. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website, and of course, as streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes.
Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Are you being audited? And do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The Tax Doctor is here to help you negotiate your tax bill and reduce your stress. The IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts, but you can stop these IRS actions. The Tax Doctor will work with you using our years of experience to represent your case to help you get the best resolution under the IRS guidelines. Help is here to deal with the IRS to reduce your stress. We've handled thousands of cases, so we know what we're doing. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, do not call the IRS alone. Call a Tax Doctor now for a tax emergency analysis. Call 800-224-6439.